Good morning, everyone. Just, uh, I forgot to mention to Chris that uh, there will be no Bible school this week. That's the class that meets 12 to 2 on a Tuesday. No Bible school this week. But Bible study continues in normal. Okay. Where shall we begin? At the beginning. <laughs> Just before I get into what I want to say, got a bit of a preamble to introduce what I'm going to say and why I'm saying it. I was sitting in the car just before the service, just having a few quiet moments, and Linda came by. We said hello, and then as she was going, she said, oh, you're having a few quiet moments. And I said, yes, I'm speaking today, so I'm just taking a few quiet moments before I go. And as she left, the thought came to me, are you speaking today, or is God speaking today? And I thought, that's interesting. Who's really speaking today? Because if I'm the speaker, you can take it all in. But if God is speaking today, you need to hear what he's saying. So I believe that God is going to speak today. So maybe you'll be ready to receive what he has to say to us today, myself included. Because it's very important to hear what God has to say. This is what the scripture says. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. God's word brings light. It illuminates our lives, our hearts, and our minds so that we may see where we are. It's a lamp to our feet, but it's also a light to our path. It shows us where to go. So God's word is essential. And it gives us understanding. By God's grace, we're simple people. In other words, we're uncomplicated. We receive the word of God simply as it is. It's not a complicated word, and we're not complicated people. So we receive understanding. As God speaks, today, may we receive what he wants to say to us and may we understand it. Because there's also a downside to not receiving what God says. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that lack of knowledge isn't because the people didn't know it's because they rejected the knowledge that God had given to them. So we need to receive what God is saying to us today. Because his word brings light to us. And if we reject it, it leads to our destruction. So hearing God today, hearing God at all, is a matter of life and death. So may we choose life today. May we hear what God has to say to us today. Are you ready to hear what God has to say? Yeah. I hope you are. So am I. Because God also speaks to me as I'm speaking. We're going to concentrate on just a verse from Isaiah. Isaiah 30, 21. It's a familiar verse. But whenever God speaks, 
He either has something new to say to us, or he wants to remind us regarding something he's already said. Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And that's what we want to examine today. This scripture. What will God say to us through this scripture? Well, he's said three things to me as I was preparing. First of all, God has a particular way for me to go. It's particular to me. We're all on a journey with God, but God has a particular way for me to go. That's the first thing God showed me. Second thing he said is that he will guide me along that way. He doesn't leave me to my own devices. He has a particular way for me to go, but he comes with me. He guides me along that way. I'm not on my own on the journey. And the third thing that he says to me from that verse is, I must do the walking. He shows me the way, he comes with me, he guides me, but I have to do the walking. <laughs> He's not going to do my walking for me. He's showing me the way, but I have to do the walking. And that's what we want to look at today. God has a particular way for me to go. He will guide me along that way, but I have to do the walking. The way speaks of direction and lifestyle. In other words, the way is where I'm going and how I'm living. That's the way that God says. And he's got a particular way for me to go and he's got a particular way for me to live. And that's what we're going to look at today. Okay. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So, God has a particular way for me to go. Why is that important to know? Why can't I go anyway? There are lots of different ways to go. I could even go my own way. Frank Sinatra sang, I did it my way. That's the, not the song of a Christian. We don't do it our way. We do it God's way. Why? Because Proverbs 14.12 tells us there is a way that seems right to a, a man, a woman, but in the end, it leads to death. So you have to be careful which way you're going. Because different ways have different destinations. If you go God's way, it leads to life. If you go any other way, it leads to death. So be sure which way you're going and which direction you're going in. Finding God's particular way for me to go is a matter of life and death. So I have to be sure I'm in the right way. I have to be sure I'm going the right way. 
because it's a matter of life and a matter of death. Jesus says, Matthew 7, 13, 14, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. That's interesting, isn't it? There are many who find the broad way. The broad way is the way of my own choosing. And Jesus says, many find that way. But the narrow way, his way, very few find it. I pray and I hope that we will be of those very few who find the narrow way. You see, most people don't want a narrow way. They want a broad way. They want a way that includes everything and anything. The narrow way is too restrictive. There are things I can't do. Places I can't go. Things I can't say. So many people say, I prefer to take the Broadway, thank you very much. Your way is too narrow. But Jesus says, the broad way leads to destruction, whereas the narrow way leads to life. So what is the particular way that God has for you to go? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What is the particular way that God has for me to go? Have you ever asked yourself? Have you ever asked God that question? What is the particular way that you have for me to go? Because it's essential that I find that way that God has for me to go. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he, she should go, and when he or she is old, they will not turn from it. So even from a child, there is a particular way for each child to go. So it's essential for parents and those who care for children to know that the particular way that God is pointing for that child to go. Each of us has a particular destiny. We all end up in the same place, praise God, but God takes us on a different route to that place. And each of us needs to know the direction and the way that God is taking us. So even from a child, parents, you need to see which way God is pointing for your child to go. And the scripture says, train the child in that way. And it seems to be given a promise here. It says, if you do that, when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's what the scripture says, so I'm not going to argue with it. How do we know which way we should go? There are many ways that we can, as we read scripture, it points to different directions. And as we read, as we study, as we pray, as we wait before God, he will show us his particular way for us. As Christians, obviously, the scripture 
There are certain scriptures that apply to us all. Love one another, be kind to one another, care for one another. These things we must all do. But there are particular things that God has for you to do. And you need to find those particular things. As a starting point, Jesus in Matthew 16, 24 says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I think that's the starting point to finding God's particular way for me. Because God's particular way for me is in following Jesus, isn't it? That's the way he's pointing. And what does he say? First of all, we must deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Interesting, isn't it? He doesn't make any promise of blessings and prosperity. It's a way of self-denial. A way of sacrifice. That's interesting, isn't it? No blessings? What, Lord? No blessings? No prosperity? What's this? Self-denial? Sacrifice? Is this really the way that God has taken me? That's what he says. If anyone would come after me, he, she must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Are you denying yourself? Are you taking up your cross? I'm speaking to myself also, this is for me. If I don't do that, I can't follow him. So first of all, that's what I must do. Why must I do this? Why must I deny myself and take up my cross? Because that's the way Jesus went. And if I want to follow him, I have to go that way too. You see, God has a particular purpose for your life. And in order to fulfill that particular purpose, there is a particular way that you have to go. You can't fulfill God's purpose for your life if you don't go God's particular way for your life. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And that's the problem we have sometimes. We want to fulfill God's particular purpose for our lives, but we want to do it our way. We want to do it in the way we want to do it. But he says no. To fulfill God's purpose for your life, you must go God's particular way. And in fulfilling God's purpose for your life, that's the way you find fulfilment. The Christian is only fulfilled as he, she, pursues God's purpose for their life and fulfills it. There's no other fulfillment or satisfaction in life unless you are fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Any other thing, you will fail. Anything else leads to dissatisfaction and unfulfillment. So you have to find God's particular way for your life and fulfill God's particular purpose for your life. Otherwise your life, life will be a failure. And we don't want to fail, do we? We want to succeed. 
So let's find God's particular purpose for our life. Let's pursue it. Let's fulfill it. And let's be satisfied with that. That's what God is calling us to. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered by the Lord. And he, that is the Lord, delights in his or her way. It brings delight to God's heart for us to go the way that he shows us. Amen. Do you want to please God? Yeah. Go the way that he showed you to go. He's delighted with that. The Bible doesn't often speak of God's delight. It doesn't often tell us how God is delighted. But this is one way that God is delighted with us. When we go his way. So let's not deviate from the way that God has shown us. Let's not turn to the right or to the left. Let's keep going straight on. But if we do turn to the right or the left, as sometimes we do, sometimes we lose our way, the scripture says our ears will hear a word behind us saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And that's the second thing that I find from this scripture. God will guide me along the way that he showed me to go. He comes with me. So how can I know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So since Jesus is the way, he knows the way. We're assured of God's guidance. He comes with us. He's been this way before. So he knows the way. So we're in safe hands. Jesus says, John 10, 27. My sheep hear, listen to my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. God cannot guide me if I refuse to listen to him. That's true, isn't it? God can speak as much as he wants to, but if I'm not listening and taking on board what he's saying, he doesn't do me any good. God speaks. God always speaks. He's a speaking God. But I have to have my ears open and pay attention to what he's saying. We have to be always ready to listen and to hear what God is saying. And when we hear what he says, we have to do what he says. No point hearing what he's saying if I don't do what he says. You would agree with that, wouldn't you? If God is speaking, I must listen, hear what he says, then do what he says. You see, obedience is the key to successful listening. If you haven't obeyed what God has said, you haven't really listened to what he's saying. Do you get that? Yeah. If I don't obey what God is telling me to do and where to go, I'm not really listening to him. I may be hearing words, but I'm not listening to him. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where either you're speaking or they're speaking, you can hear the words, but you're not really listening? And at the end of the conversation, you say, what, what did they say? I can't remember what they said. <laughs> You've heard the words, 
but you haven't really been listening. Don't be like that with God. Hear what he says and listen to what he's saying. Obedience is the key to listening to God. And God speaks, God guides in various ways. I've chosen five, there may be more, you may think of more. That's some homework for you to do. See if you can add to my list. I found scripture, spirit, sense, saints, and signs. First of all, scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16. Paul says to Timothy, All scripture is God-breathed, that is inspired by God, and is useful for reproof, doctrine, correction, training in righteousness. So God speaks through his word, through scripture. God also speaks by his spirit. In Acts 20, 22, Paul says, compelled by the spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. God heard the spirit speaking to him. And because of that, Paul received instructions as to where he ought to go. The Spirit was directing Paul as to where he should go next. So God speaks through his word by scripture and he speaks through his spirit. Of course, the next thing sense, because it's all the S's. <laughs> Preachers like that sort of thing. <laughs> but sense means, let's give you the scripture. 2 Timothy 2.7 Paul says to his son in the faith, Timothy, the Lord will give you insight or understanding in these things. So God gives us insight as we wait upon him. He shows us in our heart, in our spirit. He shows us what we must do. He gives us an understanding, which sometimes other people don't have. You may call it a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. But as we wait upon God, he shows us, he gives us insights. What shall I do next, Lord? Where shall I go? As I wait upon him, he gives me an understanding of what I should do and where I should go. So God speaks through scripture, by his spirit, in my sense. He speaks through saints. That's other Christians. Proverbs 12:15 says, a wise person listens to advice. Obviously, you've got to be careful who you listen to. A wise person, definition of a wise person, is someone who listens to wise people. It's not wisdom to listen to unwise people. True? Wisdom is knowing who to listen to. And a wise person listens to wise people. If you listen to unwise people, well, there may be serious consequences so be careful who you listen to. But God speaks through the saints, other Christians. A wise person listens to advice. And last of all, God speaks through signs. 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9. This is Paul speaking. He says, I will stay on at Ephesus because a great door for effective work has opened for me. That's interesting, isn't it? Doesn't seem that God had spoken to Paul. He didn't receive a word from somebody else, or it doesn't seem that the Spirit had spoken to him. 
He just noticed that a great door for effective work had opened for him. So he said, I'm going to stay here and keep doing the work of God. He seemed to understand by the fact that there were doors opening for the preaching of the gospel, that that's where he should stay and remain. So quite often God can speak through signs. But again, you have to be careful where the signs are coming from. Not all signs are from God. So when we look at these things, Scripture Spirit sent saints signs. Quite often, God will speak through two or three of them. And they will be in harmony. Don't just take signs. Don't just take the advice of other people. Make sure that they agree with God's word. They agree with the Spirit of God. And that you have a sense in your spirit that this is right. But God can speak through signs. God can open doors, God can close doors. So we have to be aware, don't we? Sensitive people, conscious of God, conscious of Him speaking, because God is always speaking. So we need to be always listening. So though God guides, God speaks in various ways. The key is to be responsive to what he says. When God speaks, always respond positively to what he says. Amen? Because he's speaking for a purpose, isn't it? So that his will will be done. And also, so that his purpose will be fulfilled in us. So since we are certain, since we are sure that God is guiding us along the way that he's chosen for us, what's our part? What must we do? Well, we said, so, we said it earlier, didn't we? We must do the walking. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. So when God shows me the way, I must walk in it. It's interesting, isn't it? God is walking with me. So I guess if I stay where I am, He stays where He is. Or perhaps He moves on. And perhaps he leaves me behind. But as I walk, he walks with me. Don't lag behind God and don't rush ahead of him. Walk with him. Don't be in a rush to get where you're going. Walk with God. Don't dawdle along the way. Walk with God. He knows the way. But you have to do the walking. Let's look at Matthew 26, 24. I'm just looking at the time. I don't want to overrun.
This is the picture of the Lord's Supper. The disciples are with Jesus in the upper room. Jesus is telling the disciples that he will be betrayed by one of them who sits at the table. Verse 22. Then the disciples were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely not I, Lord. But Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written of about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. He goes. He goes. Just as it is written about him. And this said two things to me. First of all, the Son of Man, Jesus, fulfilled all of the prophecy of the Old Testament. That's what was written about him, wasn't it? Jesus fulfilled everything in the Old Testament regarding him. So he went in the way just as it was written about him. But it says more to me than that. Jesus isn't just fulfilling prophetic word of the Old Testament. What he is in fact doing, he's fulfilling all the will and purpose of the Father. That's really what he's doing, isn't it? Jesus didn't have a checklist each day as he got up, and as he read the Old Testament, he ticked off things as he went along, and said, oh, it says this about me, I must do that, and he ticks it off. That's not what he meant when he said he fulfilled what was written about him. Because what was written about him was the will and purpose of the Father. That's what he was fulfilling. And he went that way because he wanted to fulfill the will and purpose of the Father. And when God shows us the way to go, the particular way that he's chosen for us, that's what we're also doing. We're fulfilling the will and the purpose of the Father. Not just what a book says. As a Christian, I don't just read my Bible and slavishly do what it says to do. And it says, I must love my brother, so I must love my brother. It's not like that, is it? <laughs> it's more true than that. Oh, I've got to be kind for my brother. Right, I'll be kind to my brother. <laughs> love one another. Oh, gotta love. Gotta love a cheater. Alright then. Alright, I'll do it. It says so in the Bible, so I've got to do it. No, 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 no. That's not how it is. I want to fulfill the will and purpose of my father. So I love my brother. Because that's what I want to do. I'm not going through a checklist. So that at the end of the day I'll say, oh, I've done my bit. No, 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 no. I'm fulfilling the will and purpose of my Father when I do what he tells me. When I go the way that he shows me. 
When I do what he wants me to do, when I say what he wants me to say, that's what I'm doing. I'm fulfilling the will and purpose of the Father for my life. I'm fulfilling my purpose. I'm doing what he tells me to do. So the Son of Man goes in the way that was written about him, so that he might fulfill all the will and purpose of the Father. In fact, only those who are obedient to the will and purpose of the Father can walk in the way that he has determined for them. Only obedient people can go in the particular way that God has shown to them. Do you see that? There's no point in attempting to walk in the way that God has chosen for me if I have not at first surrendered my life to you. Only surrendered lives can walk in the way that God has shown them to walk. It's impossible otherwise. I can't walk in that way until I surrender to God. It's too difficult. I can't do it. First of all, I must deny myself, take up my cross before I can walk this way. I have to deny myself and make a sacrifice. The particular way that God has called me to walk can only be walked in His strength and with His direction. I can't find the way myself. I don't know the way. Only He can show me the way. And I can't walk in the way. He has to give me the way with all to walk in the way. I can't do it in my own strength. I'm not capable. So not only does He show me the way, not only does He walk with me, but He gives me the ability to walk in the way. You see how much we depend on God. He shows me the way, He walks with me, and He gives me the ability to walk in the way. God is good. All the time. But there's a cost. To walking in God's way. Remember Jesus is our example. And this is the cost to Jesus. In fulfilling the will and purpose of the Father. In walking in the way that God had shown him in that particular way. Isaiah 53. This is the cost that Jesus found. This is Isaiah prophesying about our Lord. Isaiah says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He, that is Christ, grew up before him, that is the Father, like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. What a way is this? Like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Remember, this is the cost of walking the way that God has shown Jesus to go. Surely 
He took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord, the Father, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Well, I'm not quite sure if I want to walk in this way after all. Hmm. Do I want to go this way? Well, <laughs> hope you're not changing your mind. There is a cost to walking God's way. The Christian life is not a bed of roses. It may be a crown of thorns. But that's the way. That's the particular way. But it's not all gloom and doom. I don't want to send you away depressed and discouraged. Not only is there a cost to walking in God's way, there's also a reward. Amen? <laughs> Good to hear about the rewards. In the parable that Jesus gave regarding the talents, remember that parable? The master went on a journey and gave the three servants talents. And when the master returned, to the first two servants, this is what the master said. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So for all those who go the way that God shows them, who go in the particular way that God has shown them. To those who remain faithful to the end, the Master says, well done, good and faithful servant. And not only that, he doesn't say well done, thank you very much. He says come, come and share your Master's happiness. Enjoy my presence, be with me. In fact, that, that is the reward, isn't it? to be with him, to share his happiness. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, when he knew he was coming to the end of his life, he says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous God, sorry, the righteous judge, will give to me at his appearing. But he says not only to me, but all those who love his appearing. So there is a crown of righteousness for each of us as we pursue God's purpose for our life, as we fulfill his purpose. Paul says there is a crown of righteousness for each of us. And Peter puts it this way, speaking of those who fulfill God's purpose for them, 
He was speaking particularly about leaders, but it applies to us all. Peter says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So there may be a cost to going in a particular way that God has shown you to go, but there are also rewards. The reward of being in his presence, a crown of righteousness, and a crown of glory. So I encourage you to keep at it. Keep on the way. Keep choosing God's way. In fact, it's the only way. It's the way that leads to life. So what have we found? I'm going to sum up now. First of all, let's look at that scripture again. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you say, this is the way, walk in it. God has a particular way for us to go. We've seen that, haven't we? Particular for each of us. It's personal. Though we are one body, God has a particular thing for us to do. A particular purpose for each of us. And he will show that to us. He has a particular way for us to go. But he also guides us along the way. We're not left to our own devices to find the way he guides us. But, as I said earlier, we must do the walking. We have to, there's a part for us to play. And finally, I just want to leave you with this word of encouragement. I can find it. Come from the book of Job. Job 23. Job 23. Verses 8 and 12. This is the testimony of Job. He had a difficult way, didn't he? But this is what he said. Speaking, this is Job speaking of God. He says, if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Where's God gone to? Job wasn't sure where God had gone to. It seemed to Job that God had deserted him. God hadn't really deserted him. But that was God's, that was Job's perception. But even that was Job's perception, this is what Job said, speaking of God. But he knows the way that I take. Amen? And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. So here's a man who thought God had forsaken him. But he said, 
He knows the way that I take. So in his heart of hearts, Job knew that God hadn't really deserted him. And God hasn't deserted any of us. He knows the way that we take. And at the end of the process, we shall come forth as gold. He knows the way that we take. So then, if this is, if this is the way, what must we do? If this is the way, what must we do? We must walk in it. Amen. So let's walk in it. To the glory of God.